Welcome back to Idle Talk. Before we get into it, um, today we got one particular story that I want to cover, and that's just what's been going on in the NFL. Um, I was going to make it over the weekend about it, but I wanted to wait and see like if any more details unfolded and if it was going to be a more of a bigger issue than what it already is or what it has become. But um, over the last week, the New York Times, Washington Post, all those guys have been sharing information about emails from former Monday Night Football commentator, former Las Vegas Raiders head coach John Gruden. He resigned disgracefully uh, His in his statement while he resigned. He was like, I don't want to be a distraction to the team. And he quit. Well, quit. I don't know if they forced him to quit. That Those details are very unclear. Um, I think the current owner is Mark Davis, and that is Al Davis's son, I believe. And Al Davis was a gem of a human. He was well-loved by the Oakland community back when the Raiders were in Oakland, and he really stood for diversity. And, um, you know, it's, it's kind of a shitty thing that this situation happened to a team whose ownership really um, stood for the complete opposite of what of what happened. So John Gruden's emails leaked, and apparently it said that um, he used a lot of racial slurs, particularly aimed towards uh, black people um, who dominate the NFL. I want to say that there are very few other kinds of people on NFL rosters, so that's a little bit surprising, um, particularly uh, LGBT community members as well. Uh, in On his team, on the <laughs> Las Vegas Raiders, uh, there's an openly gay NFL player on his team, and um, so he took off a personal day after these news broke. Uh, he criticized Michael Sam and, the at the time, St. Louis Rams for drafting a gay player, um, quote unquote, calling him a queer, um, criticized women. <laughs> he just really went at everybody, apparently. But um, yeah, he, he just doesn't think women can do a good job in working in sports. And I think part of my own core values is being able to be like, yeah, break those, break the glass ceiling, break those doors down. Like, it's awesome seeing more and more women be involved in sports and in that realm. Um, also, the taking in consideration how good women's sports are, too, from the high school level to college to the pros, their professional leagues. I solely believe that. I think that's that women's sports are so underrated. I'm a huge fan of that. I've always been since, like, high school when I used to be the only person in the bleachers at uh, girl ball and girl basketball games, and people would get annoyed with me for cheering so loudly. But I'm like, well, I'm the only person here, so you know, we got to do what we got to do, got to support how we can. But um, yeah, so that news is very shocking, uh, con- considering that he was not employed by the NFL at the time when he was when he sent those emails, and I think Rich Eisen. Uh, former uh, anchor for the NFL Network, he's doing his own thing by himself now, but um. He summed it up perfectly, like, how stupid do you have to be to send those kind of emails, to type out those words on your keyboard and then hit send, right? 
And um, I'm not going to say he's not he's the only guilty party here because those emails were sent to somebody, right? Can they tell us who those emails were sent to? Um, I know one of them was sent to Bruce uh, Allen. So the emails were discovered when um, the NFL was working uh, with the, I want to say the DEA, right? Because they've been raiding the Washington football team like for the last two weeks. So they're trying to uncover any emails and information that may help them with their current investigation of that franchise. And just along the way, they discovered these emails, apparently, and they decided to kind of make that information uh, public. And I love the fact that the NFL, and I'm saying this very sarcastically, NFL, I think you should not be handling any sort of internal investigations when it comes to things like this. They said that, yeah, we went through a ton of emails for the rest of everybody else in in the league currently, and we found nothing, nothing bad we're all good on this front that is very hard to believe um considering how their past actions have come and reflected on how they do business now um it was said that colin kaepernick was blackballed in the nfl not being able to have a job and not um being offered a job when he was perfectly capable of doing it and it came to you know came to light that they had to settle out of court so you know both parties obviously had things to do with the situation, and just the NFL was like, hey, we'll pay you, but just shut up. And I don't really think he has or hasn't. I think he says that he's still preparing to rejoin the NFL at one point. Yeah, he wakes up and still works out and does that kind of things. But, um, yeah, the situation is very interesting. It's It sets precedents for a lot of things because we're not... I think that people's acceptance of things right whether it be your race your gender identity your favorite team you know whatever you would decide to do and please and root for who you root for um i think now people are just not going to tolerate anything like that even though the emails were you know dating back 10 years ago it's still it's not about what you said it's about that you felt brave enough to say what you said and then being in a position of power kind of feeling like you would never get caught and now that you got caught the consequences are like astronomically impacting you like he lost he lost his job they're obviously going to settle any amount of paycheck that's left that's due cuz he did sign a 10 year 100 million dollar contract to coach the Las Vegas Raiders, so he still has about six years left on that contract. So they're going to settle outside of, uh, I'm going to say outside of court, but they're not really going to court, but they're going to settle you know, on the side to see what kind of number um, he's going to get paid for, because he's, he is going to get paid, and it's going to be a couple million. It might not be the rest of the hundred million he's owed, but it might be you know, 10, 20 million, who knows really. I, I, this this, this uh, situation it's kind of similar to what Dave Chappelle is going through again with the LGBT community. And I think um, people, and I'm going to get a lot of people upset with this. I think people are confusing freedom of speech with the fact that they, that they say like, oh, it's supposed to be funny. It's freedom of speech. You know, get over it. And I... And I particularly don't like the Dave Chappelle situation. I, first of all, I don't like him as a comedian. 
just begin with that never have never will uh he's not that funny uh and his comedy is very dated i feel like he's still trying to do what got him in his prime his peak performance and peak uh success he's trying to rekindle that comedy in today's era and i think everything is continuously evolving right so him trying to force feed that kind of comedy yes that that sits well with some people right and he can say oh you know i'm doing it for those people i'm not doing it for everybody else blah 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 blah, right that's good on him but actions have consequences comedy is no longer going to be like a saving grace for you like we all you can be funny but also not be total cunt about it like don't try to say whatever you said and then defend it under the lines that it's comedy, it's subjective, you know, you know, you deserve you don't deserve to be upset over it because it doesn't matter the intent of what you wanted to say. It doesn't matter that you wanted to be playful or be joking about it. It matters the impact that you left on people and your words are leaving imp- negative impacts on a lot of people out there that um personally probably don't feel safe already and now you're making light in lieu of things that they normally go through on a daily basis so that comparing it to the emails that john gruden thought were private he didn't think anybody was gonna read it let alone the new york times washington post like he didn't think that was gonna come out he never in his wildest dreams thought he would ever have to face any sort of consequences for that and he's facing them here now uh, he's resigned out of a great job being in Vegas. The Raiders aren't bad. They aren't great, but they aren't bad. They could be up to good level sometimes. He lost a dream job that any coach that's going to fill that position is going to love to be there. And he just finished building a mansion. It's humongous. If you want to see it, look it up. John Gruden Mansion. Apparently, he would be neighbors with uh, current Raiders quarterback Derek Carr. And um, it feels like we can speculate all we want. The game versus the Chicago Bears, the Raiders fell on their ass. They didn't play well. Nobody played well across the board. Uh, Chicago looked like the Bears, if you know what I'm, if you know what I'm talking about, what I'm, and what I'm referencing, referencing. But it feels like maybe. The news was going to break anyways. And John Gruden tried to get in front of it with his team. To be like, hey, I messed up. I said this, this, that. He maybe tried to be transparent and win the locker room again. Uh, but it it looked like it didn't sit well with the players. And we speculate that all we want. You know, we don't really know that for a fact. But we can say that maybe somebody gave him a heads up and he tried to save, he's trying to save face. Clearly that didn't work. So let's go back to the investigation that was uh, conducted on the Washington football team. So I'm going to read how the emails were discovered here. And it said the correspondence, more than 650,000 emails came to light as a part of an investigation into the Washington football team, which fired Allen, Bruce Allen, which I mentioned earlier, in 2019. The NFL fined the club $10 million this summer after concluding a year-long inquiry that found that the team had fostered a culture of sexual harassment, bullying, and intimidation. Reports from the Washington Post and the Times detailed the misdeeds of the club, including sexual harassment of cheerleaders. And let's get one thing out of the way. In the last 10 years, there was a Gruden coaching in the NFL, and it wasn't John. I think it was Jay Gruden, and he was 
the coach of the former Washington Redskins, the current Washington football team. And, you know, that's, you know, we put those two pieces together, right? I don't know if that's his brother or his son. I don't really remember. I know he has a son who is coaching on the Raiders. He's the strength and conditioning uh, coach there. But it's, you know, hard not to see how the connections are being made, right? Bruce Allen, uh, a former colleague of his, uh, probably still good friends. You know, that's probably who he was sending the bulk of the emails to. And a family member who worked for that organization who helped foster that that culture of bullying and sexual harassment. And it's it's not difficult to think like, hey, look at this. I'm going to send you something real quick. Email away, right? And it's it's... It's mind-boggling to think that anybody in no in that position of power, right, to think like, oh nah, he's the only guilty one. There's no way, no way he could have, you know, he did that all on his own. There's nobody else also encouraging that kind of behavior. It's ridiculous, and that's why I think the NFL conducting an internal investigation is just it's laughable. It's like having a horse babysit a dog. Like nothing good will come out of that situation. Um, but we know that the Raiders as a franchise, Al Davis, uh, he was very pro-diversity. He had, he had the first uh, Latino quarterback, and then he, he wanted to become a coach, and then so he hired him as a coach. Um, it's, hard, it's hard not to be diverse, especially being located in Oakland for so many years, like yeah, you can see why they want to be a good, you know, example in the NFL of allowing, you know, people to be who they are. They have their first openly gay player on a team, and he and he had a coming out event, and it was awesome. Like, people got to really feel some sort of representation from the fact that this is cool that they allow, you know, not that they shouldn't be allowed to be in the NFL, but it's cool that, like, hey, this player feels safe in that environment, right? Because we think of sports and we think of the locker room and we think mostly negative things happen in that locker room outside of the fun and games that uh, former players love to tell about. It's like war stories. Like, oh, I remember people would dunk on each other in the locker room. You know, when you walk to a door and you just slam the top of it, you know, having dunk contests and things like that. You know, that's from my personal experiences, like having slap boxing fights in there. You know, some kid falling down saying he they, we broke his ribs. Meanwhile, he's just being a baby about it, but, like, a lot of other people have terrible uh, nightmare stories about locker rooms and playing sports and doing things like that, so we, we tend to think of the negative sides of it, and being an openly gay NFL player in an NFL locker room filled with a bunch of quote-unquote alpha males, doesn't that make your heart feel warm, that he feels confident and safe and in an environment enough to where he could be truly who he is. And that, to me, is an amazing part of this story. We're, we're taking out poison that can ultimately impact your team and your locker room, and we're trying to make it blossom to something nice, something beautiful. Like, Imagine how many athletes are closeted and, and that are really, really great athletes and just don't feel safe enough to come out and be who, their genuine selves. Like... So kudos to Nassib and being the first openly gay NFL player. Not the first. The first on a roster that actually plays games, I'm going to say. But, you know, Michael Sam paving the way. 
being drafted as the first openly gay player, which is amazing. And he wasn't that bad of an NFL of, of a college football player, so that's why he got drafted the way he did. Uh, Jeff Fisher put out an amazing statement. We stand that guy, even though he's not that good of a football coach. But you know, in his time in the NFL, but like we, we we can believe what his statement being sincere and true, because of the kind of man that he kind of showed himself to be while he coached and how he preached certain things because if the NFL does one thing best is NFL films they get every sound bit every angle every video every picture that you could ever imagine and then just put it out there in a way where you can consume it and it feels nice and it feels amazing and you can kind of get behind all those things but this is gonna set back the Raiders no matter how good they were in the past you know being of of a true pioneer in trying to preach diversity and having a great own owner like Al Davis, you know, rest in peace, that guy. But he was a gem of a human being. Everybody can tell you that. Unless something is proven otherwise, if they release any more emails about him and things like that, I think this scandal is going to set back the Raiders a few years. I don't think that I see them winning a title anytime soon, let alone getting that many primetime games, let alone having a bunch of new high-paying sponsors or things like that. This is going to taint their name for the foreseeable future, I believe. Um, This isn't something that you can just wash away. Like, oh, we got rid of Gruden. Let's forget about it. No, I think people are going to remember. And I think people are going to vote with their wallets when it comes to this. But I, I, I think... Instead of just targeting the Washington football team, the the Las Vegas Raiders, I think we need to do what a lot of people did with Colin Kaepernick. And when he decided to take a knee, just completely stop watching the sport. I personally believe that football will not be around in 20 to 30 years. I think a lot of, I think it's just going to take one person to die, either on the youth level or the high school level, for people to start really seeing how dangerous the sport is because... Don't get me wrong, love the sport, played it for about five, six years. Don't have any underlying mental issues that I think of. But um, it's very dangerous, and it's and it's and there is a lot of toxic masculinity embedded in the sport, and people will tell you, and they will die on this hill, that you're trying to change the game for the worst. Like, telling people that is that if you don't kill that guy, you failed. If you don't put him in the dirt, you failed. There's a time and place for that, right? But on on a helpless guy just walking away from a play and, you know, somebody wants to feel macho and actually lay the guy out, you know, everyone's been on the side of being laid out. That's played the game. Especially if, you, you know, you don't see it coming, getting blindsided. Like, it sucks. You get put to the ground, but you're loose, right? You don't feel it. You don't expect it, right? Because when you expect something, you tense up. So you get hit like that. It's a little bit better because you just flop over and then your body absorbs impact on the and the end of it instead of waiting to absorb it at the start of the impact. So a lot of people are going to tell you that they're trying to change the game too much. You know, safe tackling is isn't part of the game. I want to see the big hits. I want to see somebody get their helmet knocked off. Like we we have numerous examples of guys getting their helmet knocked off and then just not getting up. They're just done for the for the day, for the like two or three weeks that, that they're out like you know, time and place for certain things, but let's try not to have that be a staple of our game because I still wholeheartedly believe that I love football. I just don't watch it no more. I don't play it on any kind of level. It's aside from catch outside with my friends. Like, 
At the end of the day, I don't think that's the longevity of football is what it used to be. And I think people are going to be smarter about it. I was really excited for the 7-on-7 league that Michael Vick participated in. I think that's an amazing alternative. Um, Rugby players hit each other harder with less equipment or little to no equipment. And yet, it's... They're one of the safer sports to play. So I don't understand how that, that correlation people aren't putting together. It's like, the the reality is, it's not the big hits. It's not, you know, trying to take that away. It's the fact that sometimes when you have all this equipment on, the equipment on equipment impact is really what's hurting people and not necessarily those hits. Uh, the fan control football league, I think, is amazing. It's a shorter field, let's say. We know that. But... um. It's fun. They they take the social media aspect into account. They're like, hey, do you want to be an owner of a team? And people are like, yeah, let's do it. And you can buy ownership of it. You can buy it. it it's not something that's cheap. I'll tell you that much. But you can participate. And they let you call plays. And they let you do whatever you want. They let you name the teams, design the jerseys, whatever you feel like. They'll let you do. And I think NFL players that invested in that early on, I think they see and they know that the sport is going to be heading into more of an exhibition match than a professional uh, NFL-like thing. Because the the fan control football league isn't a direct competitor to the NFL. No one is going to try to say that they are. But some players do leave and go to the NFL, which is amazing. And then the failed uh, AAF, uh, we learned a lot from that in that little experiment. But at the end of the day, football as a sport, I see it changing. And I see it shifting towards more like an exhibition match, more like seven on sevens. I think that'll be more fun to watch in in the long run, really. And it'll be safer for everybody else. Uh, But I think the NFL, as you know it, as you see it right now, I think that won't be around 20, 30 years. I think it's going to take one bad incident to kind of just pivot and put it on its neck. You know, some kind of poetic justice um, in that way, putting it on its neck. But, um... You know, it's a lot of lot of things coming out of the Raiders scandal this this week, and um, at the end of it, I'm excited to see if anybody else starts sweating because I believe there's more emails than being let on. I believe there's a lot more names just waiting, just waiting to be dropped, and I think a lot of people might be on edge. They might be sweating a little bit, but only time will tell. I firmly believe that this situation is going to potentially grow into something 10 times bigger i don't see it coming anytime soon i think people are going to wait a couple weeks maybe we'll drop a name here we'll drop a name there but i think next season we're going to be seeing a lot of changes a lot of people who used to have jobs no longer having jobs and my biggest takeaway is i believe the washington football team is going to have a new name they already said it's going to have a new name but it might have a new city that's just my speculation but that's been Idle Talk. It's been a more of a serious episode. It's more kind of current in the news, like less of what I'm doing, more of what's happening in the world. Um, in comedy, as I mentioned, Dave Chappelle a little bit earlier. Fuck that guy. Uh, John Gruden, fuck that guy. You know, it sucks that you got caught this way, but we love to see it because now let's see how many people are going to start deleting stuff. Let's see if uh, NFL... Uh, puts out their investigation to somebody else to do it, to a third party to do it. Because then, you know, I feel like NFL is like a, like a sorority, like a fraternity. 
I used the wrong <laughs> word. But, I, you know what? Let's use sorority just to offend some people. Like, oh, you mean fraternity. Whatever. Uh, I feel like they're, they're going to be willing to protect one another. And I want to see a third party go out there and see, like, what what uh, the NFL doesn't want people to know. Uh, and then I think if the NFL truly wants to preach diversity, transparency, and acceptance, I think they should allow an external party to do and conduct that uh, investigation. But that's been this week's Idol Talk. I'm Fernando. And if you haven't already, subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on Spotify. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, at Idle Talk Pod. New episodes release every Tuesday. I'm your host, Fernando, and I'll see you next time. Peace.